0: well isn't God wonderful aren't you glad you're saved man could you imagine living in this world if you didn't have the assurance the confidence of salvation I mean it would just be unbelievable it's no no wonder that the world lives in fear um, because apart from Jesus there really isn't any hope out there and so thank God we have hope amen well, this morning, what I want to talk with you about, i want to share with you concerning gaining control of your emotions. Emotions are a reality. Um, but, you know, the thing that I we, we need to understand about emotions is that emotions lead us to that place oftentimes where we don't want to be. You know, I think so often within the church we talk about you know, the realm of the spirit and so forth, which we ought to. And I think, but I think sometimes we we neglect or we forget about uh, putting any emphasis on the emotions, because emotions are a real thing. We can try to deny them, but they are, they're a real thing, and it's those emotions that, that lead us and direct us. It's, if we don't have control of our emotions... We, we lose stability. And so I don't know about you, I want to live a stable life, and so for me to live a stable life, that means that I need to have control over my emotions. Now most of you know me well enough to know that I'm kind of a an emotional kind of guy. And so there's nothing wrong with emotions, it's just that when those emotions control us, when those emotions begin to dominate our life, when when emotions take us to a place that we really don't want to be or where we shouldn't be. And so we have to take control over our emotions and walk in the victory that's uh, been provided for us through Christ Jesus. And we have to guard ourselves against the effects of those emotions because, like I said before, our emotions, if we allow them to rule in our life, they will take us to a place we really don't want to be. It's our emotions that, that take us back to those circumstances in the past that we ought to put behind us, but yet we continually bring them to the forefront. It's our emotions that take us to that place. And so, if you've got your Bibles, it'll be up on the board, but if you've got your Bibles, look, turn to 3 John, uh, the second verse. Not John 3, 3rd John, little John. And, uh, you know, some 37 and a half years ago, this was the uh, the, the scripture that I used for my first message that I preached at then Loving Shepherd Fellowship, which is now Abundant Life Ministries. But isn't it exciting to know that a scripture that was used 37 years ago is still good today. Yeah. Well, you know, most of it was written a whole lot longer ago than that. Right. And it's still good and it still carries the same strength and uh, power in our lives. Um, so, our emotions can either bring us success or failure. Because it's our emotions that steer our steer life. Third John 2, it says, Beloved. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Our success and prosperity in life is based on how successful we are in our souls. We know what our soul is. Our soul is our mind, our will, and emotions. But it's it's our emotions that oftentimes take us down that, that trail Um, that we don't want to go down there, or we ought not to go down. Uh, I want to read that out of the Amplified. And out of the Amplified it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every area, and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. And so our soul needs to prosper. You know, it determines the level of success that we're going to have in our life. You know, there's there's more people that have lost a position or lost a, a place in life because they allowed their emotions to take over. And what happens is we allow our emotions to take over and we say something or we do something that we really shouldn't have said or shouldn't have done and later on we look back on it we look at it and we say, why did I do that? Anybody ever been there? I'll just raise my hand for all of us. You know, <clears throat> and so we need to recognize the consequences of not having control over our emotions. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter, the 15th verse, it says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with with our weaknesses but was in all points tempted as we yet without sin you know Jesus had emotions emotions aren't bad all of us have emotions emotions aren't bad Jesus had emotions but with Jesus his emotions never controlled his life He was always able to override his emotions. So for you and I, it's not wrong for us to have emotions. But with those emotions, we we need to recognize that we have authority over them. And what we see about Jesus is he had emotion, but he never ceded that to authority. Or he never gave the emotion authority in his life. He always took authority over his emotions. And you say, well, pastor, <clears throat> you know, I, things happen, and I just can't help myself. Well, you, you, you present me with an option. I either have to believe you, or I have to believe the Bible. And when we go through the Bible, we see that we have authority over our emotions. And so, therefore, Our emotions are not to have authority over us or to dominate our life. Jesus had had emotions, but those emotions never controlled him. Those emotions never dictated to him what he was going to do in life. Let's turn over to the Gospel of Mark in the 14th chapter, and we have an example of this. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Mark the 14th chapter in the 33rd verse, and it says, And he, speaking of Jesus, and he took with him Peter and James and John, and began to be <clears throat> struck with terror and amazement, and deeply troubled and distressed. It's talking about Jesus. He was distressed, he was troubled. Well, I don't believe that Jesus was ever troubled. Let me tell you something about Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus, when he he came to earth, he set aside his deity. And so when Jesus walked upon the earth, he he was subject to every emotion, every temptation that you and I are subject to. The Bible says concerning Jesus that he was tempted in all things but say all things, all things. so do you know what that means all things. all things that means you don't have your pet little deal that Jesus wasn't tempted by He's tempted by all things but yet without sin you see it isn't sin to be tempted to be tempted simply means you're still sucking air <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We'll be tempted as long as we walk upon this earth. But we don't have to give in to the temptation. That's what Jesus did. He never yielded. He never gave in to the temptation. And so it says, goes on to say, and he said to them, Peter, James, and John, my soul, let's see, his soul, is exceedingly sad overwhelmed with grief so that it almost kills me you know there's things that we encounter in life that emotionally have such a um, impact upon our life we almost feel like we're not going to live through it but you know what we will But you know, a lot of times what's happened to people is they've allowed those emotions to begin to dominate their life. And it takes them to the place of hopelessness. You know, because we have authority over our emotions, we can dictate whether we're going to go negative or whether we're going to go positive. And if we choose to be positive concerning our emotions, it'll take us to a place of victory. But if we allow ourselves to go negative, it'll take us to a place of hopelessness. You know, when we begin to dwell on something that's negative, it takes us to a place we don't want to go there. You know, I remember when I was just, uh, I was in grade school. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. (laughs) But I was in grade school, and and you know I've shared with you how I did not necessarily appreciate school, and uh, you know I was I grew up in a little uh, country school, and so I had uh, four in my class, and then of course there was another class in the same room with us, and and uh, periodically we'd have to go up to the blackboard and and do something and because of my sense of inferiority and and sense of and my fear of getting in front of people and I realize now that a lot of it was my melancholy temperament you know because we like to be in control and so when I had to go up there you know I was out of control Because I knew I wasn't gonna know whatever it was that they wanted me to put on that board and if I did know what it was that they wanted on that board I knew for sure I wasn't going to spell it right and so I'd look foolish and so when we would be getting close to that time where I had to go up to the board I'd be thinking about it and my emotions would begin to take me to a place where I just, I just didn't think I could do it. I was convinced I couldn't do it. And the next thing that happened, because I, I focus on that and I thought upon that, those emotions of that whole thing, I would, I would begin to feel sick. And I would get sick. And it was the emotions that would take me. And so they'd take me off to the little room where we had a little cot. And i have to lay there until school was over. Because we didn't have a telephone. <laughs> so I couldn't call mom or dad. I told my kids I did. we didn't have a phone when I grew up. And my grandkids, and my grandkids says, Grandpa, you didn't have your own phone. No, we did not have a phone. <laughs> and so I'd have to lay there until school was out. And then I'd finally get to go home. But I was sick. I'd probably miss school the next day because I was so sick because I would convince myself I was sick. You cannot convince me that your emotions, when they begin to affect you and you begin to dwell upon them and you begin to think on that, that it won't take you to a place because it took me to a place. But you know what? I've also found out since that time that when something begins to come against me and I don't allow my emotions to take over, because you probably won't believe this. There's some Sunday mornings I want to sleep in. <laughs> Amen. And if I allowed my emotions to take over, Pastor Becky, you know, everybody said, Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Get sick, brother. <laughs> but it, that's what emotions will do to you. But if you don't take authority over those emotions, they'll take you to a place. You know, <clears throat> we don't fall into sin. We talk about sin like we're walking down the street and we trip over a crack in the sidewalk. We don't fall into sin. We make a decision to walk into sin, and it begins with the emotions. Oftentimes the things that, that lead us into a place we know we ought not to be is the emotion of feeling rejected. If I don't do this, if I don't follow the crowd, what's everybody going to think? Well, ultimately what they'll think is you're a strong person. They won't tell you that to the face. They'll tell you you're judgmental and condemning and everything else. But down deep inside, what they're thinking is you're a strong, peop- a strong person because let me tell you about people in this world you may think that they're against you but ultimately what they're looking for what they're cheering for is for somebody to be able to be successful in life because 99.9% of the people in the world feel defeated because they have no control over anything in their life and that's why they attempt to control everything in their life But you and I, because of the word of God, the blood of Jesus, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our life, we actually have control in our life. I'm here this morning because I have control of my life, and I don't allow the emotions to dominate. And so you say, well, but pastor, I'm an emotional person. Look who you're looking at. (laughs) I mean, I couldn't even finish my prayer for Emma last Sunday because she's going to college and she's going to Ames. Don't tell me I'm not emotional. I know that I'm emotional. But you know what? I can take authority over those emotions as long as it's not the grandkids. Amen. And so Jesus took authority over his emotions he said I'm at the point where this I feel like I'm not going to survive what's he what's he looking at Jesus is looking at what he's about to have to endure he recognizes that he's going to the cross he recognizes that he's going to be beaten to a pulp Jesus had read the he had seen the Psalms He had seen in the psalm where it said that he was going to be beaten beyond recognition. Not that they couldn't tell it was Jesus, but they couldn't tell it was a human being. Jesus hanging on that cross wasn't a pretty little figure like we have on our little crucifix and everything else. Jesus was a mess. He was beaten beyond recognition. He looked like a slab of beef hung up there. And he knew that was what was coming his way. And his emotions said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But Jesus, because of the the promise that was set before him, because he knew what he was going to accomplish on that cross, went to that cross for you and I. He suffered that for you and I. And then we look at our little petty deals and we think, oh, I've just got to suffer so much. Let me tell you something. We don't know what suffering is when we compare it to what Jesus has endured. And he suffered what you and I have suffered for our benefit. And so he took that upon himself so that we don't have to. And so those things that you and I, that we go through, we can, we can turn it over to Jesus. We can place it on Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus is the burden bearer. Guess what? You and I, we are not equipped to be able to carry the burden in our own strength, in our own ability. But Jesus says, I'll carry it for you. And that's why we're to roll it over onto him. And he'll carry it for us. And it says, And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sad, overwhelmed with grief, so that it almost kills me. Remain and keep awake and be watching. And going a little further, he fell on the ground. And I like this. And he kept praying. And he kept praying. When the emotions were getting the best of him, what did he do? He fell on his face and he kept praying. He kept his focus on Father God. How do we endure the tests, the trials that come our way? How do we endure when grief is so gigantic in our life we feel like we cannot live through it? We keep praying. And he kept praying that if it were possible the fatal hour might pass from him. But then it goes on and it says, Father, I don't want what I want. I want what you want. And you know, that's how we need to approach it when those emotions begin to rise up and they try to take us to a place where we know we ought not to go. We ought to just simply Pray and say, Father, I don't want what I want, what I'm feeling. I want what you want for me. And because I want what you want for me, I know that you're going to strengthen me. You're going to empower me. You're going to equip me. You already have to be able to continue to follow after you. And that your will will be done in my life. In Isaiah 26.3 it says, You will keep him. He will keep us. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. He'll keep us in perfect peace because our mind is stayed on him. You know what our emotions want to do? They want to draw us away. They want to get our mind on everything else. Our emotions want to keep us from focusing our attention upon God and upon the promises of God. wants to draw us away from that. And then we wonder why we don't have peace. Peace isn't a feeling, peace is a decision. And once we make that decision, the feeling will begin to be there. But there's times in our life where we don't feel very peaceful. But we choose peace. We choose peace by choosing to follow after God by choosing his word over the, the emotions, the feelings that I have. We choose him. And it says, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Why do we why do we keep our mind, our soul, our emotions, why do we keep them focused? Upon God, because we trust him. Do you know why we oftentimes don't do that? You probably won't like this answer. Because we don't trust him. We have more confidence in ourselves than we have in the completed works of Jesus. Our confidence need to be in him, and that's why we take his promises. You know, there's there's over 3,000 promises that we have in Scripture. And all we need is just a few, and we can find the victory. And so we need to focus upon him, whose mind is stayed on him. We can still have peace and joy, even when bad things are happening. Think about that. We can have peace and joy, even when bad things well, you may not be happy. not talking about being happy. Happiness is a product of our emotions. Peace and joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And we choose the fruit of the Spirit over the emotion of the moment. And when we choose the fruit of the Spirit over the emotion of the moment, the moment changes. Have you ever realized how Fickle emotions are. You know, having two daughters. You know, the the guys, when when they would have a dispute, they'd punch it out and it was over with. But girls, it's, it's this emotional thing. You know, and they leave for school in the morning and everything's wonderful, everything's hunky-dory, they just love their friends, and life is great, and oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. You know, six hours later they come home from school and had a dispute with somebody at school, life is totally falling apart, it's at the end, everybody hates them and they hate everybody, and life is just, uh, just everything is falling apart. And they get one phone call and everything's turned around. But we guys are, are the same way. We just, because we're so manly, we hide our emotions a little better. But the same way, we change that quickly. Why? Because of emotion, because of feelings. But when we have the joy of the Lord and we have the peace of God that surpasses human understanding, it brings stability in our life. Because we don't base it on what we see around us. Let's look at a real edifying verse. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. And I want to begin in the 45th verse. And it says, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you and they shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder and on on your descendants forever because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore you shall serve the enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness in need of everything and he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until you are destroyed. You know what that's based on? Their emotions, because they didn't serve the Lord with joy and gladness. Aren't you glad we have a new covenant? Because if we didn't have a new covenant, man, we would be in trouble. We'd have to widen the doorways because of the yokes coming through. Some of you don't know what a yoke is, evidently. (laughs) (laughs) But they chose to go with their feelings and their emotions rather than the promise that they had in the Word of God. We choose God. We choose His Word. And as a result of that, There is no curse in our life. We've been redeemed from the curse. But let me tell you something. Even though we are redeemed from the curse, if we allow our emotions to dominate our life, the experience that we're going to experience is going to be like the curse is still an operation in our life. But the truth of the matter is is we've been set free of it. And so we need to choose freedom. We need to choose wholeness. We need to choose to have a prosperous soul so that we can fulfill the plan of God. And so the curse came upon them because of their disobedience. But now under the new covenant, it's not by our obedience, it's not by our actions, it's because of the grace of God that his blessing is upon us. But what do we focus on? If we still focus upon the things of the world, it's just the same as operating under that. But we don't operate under that. We operate under a a, a wonderful new covenant that has given us the promises of God, that has promised us healing, wholeness, victory in every area, every aspect of our life. But because we don't have a prosperous soul, we don't know what belongs to us. It's like we're still operating under the old because we don't know what's been given to us under the new. We need to know what's ours. And the only way that we can ever know that is through the word of God. And by the Holy Spirit having the opportunity to reveal it to us. In John 14, it says, let not, or we can say it this way, don't let this happen. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Let not. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't allow trouble into your heart. In other words, don't allow that to dominate you. Because the moment that we begin to allow the troubles in life to dominate us, It begins to take control. Because he says, let not, that means we don't have to. Do you know? It's unjust to tell somebody they have to do something that they're incapable of doing. Amen. That's right. For you to have a child, and this child is three years old. Of course, somebody's probably got a kid that can do this, so they blow my whole thing out of the window. But you go out there with this push mower and you mow the lawn. That's being unjust. Well, for God to tell us to do something that we can't do, that would be unjust. For God to say to us to not allow our hearts to be troubled, but there's absolutely nothing I can do. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I just, I just can't help myself. I'm just, you know, it's like, like worry. You know, I just, I just worry. That's, you know, my mother was a warrior. My grandmother was a warrior. We're all just a bunch of warriors. You know, so I, I can't help myself. It's, it's who, who we are. We're, we're, we're warriors. You need to change your identity. Yeah. If he says you don't have to, you you don't. Because he's given us a victory over that in Jesus' name. But we come up with all of these ridiculous excuses why we are the way we are. We are the way we are because we chose. Thank you for those rousing amens. Well, God made me this way. He made you. But he didn't necessarily make you the way you are. Amen. Amen. Because if we were the way he made us, we'd be more lovers. Love lovely. Lovable. I mean, how can he get more lovely than me? You know, so you know, but it'd be more lovable. That's what he wants to do in our life. He wants to make us lovable. Deuteronomy thirty, nineteen. I think this is one of the most miraculous scriptures in the Bible. Tells us so much about God. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. That is, set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. Okay, here you are. You got two choices. Life, death. Blessing, cursing. Now, you'd think it'd be obvious but he tells us, choose life. Because he knows we are <laughs> so dense that we'll choose death over life. That we'll choose cursing over blessing. He says, choose life. You know what that means? It means we can choose. We can decide what are we going to have in our life. Romans 8, 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death. Carnally minded means flesh ruled. He says, but to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Notice what he does. He doesn't say happiness. He says life and peace. That means if we're connected in the spirit realm, even though things look absolutely impossible, we can rely upon him. I look around this room and I see individuals that have gone through horrible tragedies in their life that they should have never, that would have never been the plan of God in their life. It wasn't the will of God. And it, it should have never take place. But you've gone through it. And you have the joy of the Lord and you have peace in your life. Not because you've, you've drawn back and focused upon the emotions of those moments. But because you've turned your eyes and you fixed your eyes upon God the Father and upon Jesus his Son and allowed the anointing of the Holy Spirit to work in your life and as a result of that those emotional times when you felt like it was going to kill you you've made it through and you're victorious today not because you focused and dwelled upon the past but because you focused your attention forward Knowing that you have a God that desires for you to have life and a God that desires for you to have it abundantly. That's what he has made available to each and every one of us. That we can walk in it and experience it. But see, if we allow the flesh to rule, what happens We always go back to that place? We go back to that place of hopelessness. We go back to that place where I just don't think I can go on. Yes, you can. Yes, you can because of Jesus. No, you can't in your own strength. That's when we run into difficulty when we, we attempt to do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our strength. We do it in His strength. Thank God we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit who lives, resides, abides within us. To strengthen us. In John 6.63 it says. It's the spirit who gives life. You know I can can try to work it out in myself. And I can't do it. It's by his spirit. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit. And they are life. That's why when we we hear the Word of God, when we read the Word of God, when we study the Word of God, that's why it's got to be spiritually appraised. Because it, it doesn't make any sense to the flesh. But when our spirit begins to understand it, all at once, life is good. And we have hope once again, where there wasn't any hope. But it's because of, Jesus. We can choose we can choose our emotional response to a situation. Philippians: four, six and seven. And again, this is not in the passive sense. In the Greek, it's in the accusative. In other words, it's it's a command. And again, we come back to, if God commands us to do something we can't do, then he's unjust. And there's one thing that I know about, well, several things I know, but there's one thing I know for sure. My God is a just God. And so when he commands us to do something, we can do it. Doesn't doesn't mean it's easy. You understand? I'm not saying this is easy. But the easiness comes as we practice it. That's why scripture says to practice these things, to, to review these things, to go over these things over and over again. Because the more that we do that, it becomes part of us but he says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving let our requests be made known to God and when we do that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus I like that I like that he says that when we approach him with prayers and supplications rather than <clears throat> rather than gripe and complain about our need we take it to him he says when we do that he'll give us a peace that surpasses our ability to understand and that peace that he gives us that is beyond our ability to understand With that peace, he will guard our hearts and our mind. He guards it, he watches over it, he makes sure we can put that trust, we can put that confidence in him. We don't have to worry anymore. Doesn't, that, that doesn't mean we stick our head in the sand and ignore what's going on around us. You know, we need to be informed. But we don't, we don't operate in worry. We don't operate in fear. We operate in faith. John 16, it says, These things, this is Jesus speaking to us. I don't know about you, I appreciate the Apostle Paul. I appreciate what Peter has to say. <clears throat> but wise men, when Jesus speak, they listen. Amen. So Jesus is speaking. He says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me, in me, you may have peace. It's in Jesus. In the world you have tribulation. <laughs> but be of good cheer I've overcome the world glory to God he's overcome the world you know <clears throat> this world the circumstances around us doesn't have the last say so Jesus does whatever that medical report is it doesn't have the last say so Jesus does The checking account doesn't have the last say-so. Jesus does. He has the last word. Be of good cheer. Good cheer. That means you don't have to rely on some outward substance to give you cheer. Glory to God. Don't have to rely upon that. You know, we, we, we started to watch a old sitcom, Cheers. <laughs> now we're watching Cheers, too. And uh, Cheers takes place in a bar in Boston. And uh, they, they call it Cheers because everybody is so cheerful. Well, it isn't because they're cheerful because of Jesus. They're cheerful because of something else that they're dependent upon to bring cheer into their life. You know, I was so thankful when I got saved and I go have fun with people on a Saturday night. And Sunday morning, I could remember the fun I had Saturday night because I didn't fill myself with a bunch of junk counterfeit because the moment that the counterfeit wears off you have nothing the thing with Jesus doesn't ever wear off so here we are the house of God in his presence for he says where two or three are gathered together in his name there he is and is in their midst And I believe that's talking about Jesus' manifested presence. So here we sit this morning in the manifested presence of Jesus because we've all come together. And his Holy Spirit is here to minister to us. And so if you don't feel very cheery this morning, why don't you just take a good drink. And the nice thing about it is you don't have to drink a physical something. You just breathe it in. Just breathe in his presence. Because in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence there is peace. In his presence is joy. In his presence is everything that you need in your life. There's an emotional thing that you're going through and your emotions emotions have been dominating and controlling you. Take a good drink and allow his cheer cheer you up and bring victory into your life. Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18, it says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flocks may be cut off from the from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Boy, that sounds really cheery, doesn't it? He says, "Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God." Of my salvation. Let me tell you something. When you rejoice in the Lord and the joy of your salvation. There is nothing that man can do or take from you. That can steal your peace and your joy. Because all the temporal is. Temporal. That means every aspect of it is subject to change. But we find the victory in him. One last scripture. In James 1.13 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. Well, I got a confession to make. There's nothing that ticks me off more than when I hear people say, well, God's tempted me with this. No, 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 no. no. He'll not tempt you with evil. Listen to what it says. Let no one say when he, am, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself. <clears throat> Notice the emphasis could have just said himself, could have just said neither would he, no he said he himself he emphasizes where to get a hold of this truth when temptation comes your way excuse my Minnesota language, it ain't God it's the devil he's the one that tempts with evil no but Each one, every one of us, is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires, or we could say emotions. Drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You ever notice when you have an emotional feeling and you dwell upon that emotion, that emotion doesn't get smaller. It gets bigger. There's an enticement that goes along with it. it. It tries to draw you. And so, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Negative emotions try to entice us. Hopelessness tries to entice us. Why don't we be enticed by the things of God? Thank you for that rousing amen. Why don't we be enticed by the things of God? But you know what? We've got to look at it. You know, the Bible says to meditate on the things of God continuously. Day and night. Why? Because the more that we meditate on the things of God, the bigger it gets. You know, I remember when I got called into the ministry and the first few times was around people that went to meetings where people were being prayed for and so forth and, and, and people would be uh, slain in the spirit and people would be healed and, and so on and so forth and, and I, I'd lay in bed at night and I'd think about that and I'd dwell upon that and it would, it would dominate my thoughts it got big in my life it got to the point to where I couldn't wait till we could lay hands on the sick because we would see them recover what are you thinking on what are you dwelling on What dominates your thought life? What dominates your emotions? Because whatever that is, is what dominates your life and leads you in the direction that you go. Let's put Jesus first place. His word first place. And dwell upon him. Make him big. Let's prosper. And be in health. Even as our soul prospers. That's when we experience the abundance of the victory that's already been provided for us through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for this morning, Jesus. We thank you that you and you alone are the author and the perfecter of our faith. Our faith, our trust, our confidence is in you. And we learn of you as we read, as we meditate upon the promises that you've provided us with in the scriptures. Father, we don't want to serve a little itty-bitty God. We serve a big God. Father we desire for our thoughts of you, our expectations of you, our trust in you to be as big as you are. And so Father we thank you that we do have authority over our emotions. Yes, we are emotional beings. But those emotions don't define us. Those emotions don't dominate and control us because you've given us authority. And we use that authority so that we might fulfill the plan, the purpose that you have for each and every one of us. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, for your precious Holy Spirit who lives in us. And thank you, Father, that we can trust you in all things. And so we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And so as you go, go in his peace, go in his strength, go in his love. Go in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the magnificent name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Give somebody a hug and Tell them by faith and emotionally, I love you. In Jesus' name.